Hey everybody, I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. Welcome to the first ever Sports Frenzy 2.0 bonus episode. This is something that Dave and I have been talking about doing for a while to try to bridge the gap between when we normally tape on Wednesday night. You guys get your normal Sports Frenzy 2.0 episodes on Thursday morning. Sometimes it's just not possible for us. Life gets in the way, family, work, concerts. So in order to bridge the gap on those occasions when we won't be able to get our normal Sports Frenzy episodes to you in a timely manner, we're going to start doing these little 20, 25-minute bonus episodes to keep you interested so we don't let you down. Shouldn't affect the weekend edition at all. The weekend edition will, this week, as always, hit Saturday morning, August the 20th. The regular Sports Frenzy 2.0 episode, you will be getting late, late Thursday, August the 18th. But, as I mentioned, wanted to give you a little taste of what we'll be putting out there for you this week. Give you some bonus information give you a bonus red foreman dumbass i'll talk about a few topics outside of what dave and i are going to be discussing thursday night so of course as you know the regular sports frenzy 2.0 episode we cover everything from baseball the nfl nascar been talking a lot about golf lately ncaa football coming up With baseball, of course, I am a huge Cubs fan. So, the big topic for me this week, personally, that I am very, very upset about. Now, I have ranted and I have raved about this for weeks and weeks and months, is, of course, the Marquee Network. I don't want to sign up for Comcast or Xfinity. I'm a cut the cord type of guy. And unfortunately, I can't get the marquee network so I can watch the Cubs on any of the streaming services. And again, we've talked about this in the past. YouTube TV has tried. They can't work with Sinclair. Hulu plus live TV, I believe initially had an agreement with Sinclair and that fell apart. So of course, Sinclair being the geniuses, note sarcasm, that they are, decided they're gonna set up their own streaming networks for all of these regional sports channels that they own, that they run, like the Marquee Network with the Cubs. So the news came out that they're going to call it Bally Sports Plus. The whole family of regional sports networks. 19 channels. Of course, they'll be launching in the areas where these sports teams reside. Launching September the 26th, which is just brilliant right at the end of the baseball season 
So it does Cubs fans no good. Now, of course, they're talking about bringing in hockey and basketball as well. My problem is the price point. Now, I know all these streaming services are starting to jack their prices up. Of course, last week we talked about Disney and the con job that they're running with Disney Plus starting in December. Netflix, I'm sure, will try to pull the same thing when they put in their ad service. But they're already ridiculously expensive for what you get. Have to pay $15 for a high-def feed for Netflix to me is ridiculous. So now that brings us back to Sinclair and Bally Sports Plus for the Cubs. $20 a month. So you can watch Cubs content and watch the Cubs games. That to me is ridiculous. And I know we see it with direct ticket. This stuff is pricey. I get it. I am a diehard Cubs fan. Some of you will say, no, I'm not. Because I'm not willing to shell out $20 a month for this. And that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, but you're wrong. I've been a Cubs fan since the mid-70s. But number one, the product on the field right now isn't really worth me paying for. And number two, on principle alone... I'm not paying $20 a month to watch what would end up being probably 20 to 25 Cubs games. Baseball season is very long. It's just not worth the money to me. And I think... I know there's a lot of sports fans out there that'll buy into this Sinclair deal, and that's fine. That's their choice. I won't do it. NASCAR. We'll be talking about last weekend's Richmond race, and we will preview Go Bowling at the Glen, the last road course of the regular season at Watkins Glen. We'll have our picks for you. Interesting statistic for NASCAR came out this week. DNFs. Of course, that's when a driver in his car can't go back out and compete in a race. DNFs are up 55.6% over The same time in 2021. This measurement came through after 23 races. So this would have been the weekend before Richmond. Through 23 races, we're looking at 151 DNFs. That is a lot. As I mentioned, up 55.6% over 2021. And Dave and I have discussed it. The new car has got to be a big reason why we're getting all these DNFs. We've seen these cars slipping and sliding. Especially early on in the season. 
the teams were trying to play catch up, trying to figure out the grip, tire wear. So hopefully that number will come down, not only through the rest of this season, but definitely in 2023. But that is a high, high number for DNFs. Now, of course, the weekend edition, as I mentioned, will be coming in at its usual time, Saturday morning, August the 20th. In music, we will have our review of the stadium tour, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett. For the most part, I will leave you with anticipation, waiting for our review, but I will give you a little bit of a, a tease. I'll tell you a little bit about what happened, not necessarily the concert itself, but um, number one, really disturbing. We found out right after we left that at the beginning of Motley Crue's set, somebody fell off of one of the balconies at Lucas Oil Stadium. Now, reports are this person is in stable condition, but kind of shocking to us that we got a text from somebody we knew who lived in the area asking if we were okay because it was all over the Indianapolis news. So again, it looks like the person in question is going to come through okay. The other thing, my complaint, not about the the concert itself, we're saving that for Saturday morning, but I have said over and over and over again, I am sick and tired of digital tickets absolutely sick and tired of digital tickets. I still think it's discriminatory to force a human being to have to have a smartphone in order to go see a concert. Do most people have smartphones? Yes. But again, when did it become a rule that you had to have a smartphone in order to go see a concert. The two things have nothing to do with each other, except for this stupid policy about digital tickets. Number one, you've taken away the opportunity for us to get a souvenir, something to remember the show with, outside of overspending for a concert shirt. And, of course, on the rare occasion when you can get a printed ticket, you get charged for it. Believe me, it's not free. It's not included with the cost. That's an extra upcharge, as you guys who go to concerts out there all know. 
But now at the Def Leppard Motley Crue concert last night, I had to, for about 10 minutes, go through an unprecedented level of stress because my phone would not connect to the internet as I was trying to go through the gate. I didn't know what the problem was. Luckily, a friend of mine helped out. Let me sign in on his phone, access my ticket. He passed his phone to me back through the gate after he'd already gone in. So it all worked out in the end. Didn't miss much of the show. A little bit of the opener classless act. But despite the fact it ended up being something on my end, my phone has a limited data plan. It was out of data. I'd never got notification. I have never run out of data on my phone ever. And of course, it has to happen at the worst possible time. I had tested the night before to make sure I could access the ticket, and it worked fine. But of course, I was using my home's Wi-Fi. I asked for help from the staff at Lucas Oil Stadium, where the concert was. I asked, is there somebody I can talk to in the ticket office to show them the link to my, my ticket? They were, they were polite, but they were absolutely no help whatsoever. And this is where I'm really going with this. Screw your digital tickets. Screw you, Ticketmaster, for always trying to make things as difficult as possible for the ticket-buying public. Whether it's recently with the dynamic pricing with Bruce Springsteen or even a personal situation like I just went through last night. Go to hell with trying to make things more difficult and more expensive. It seems like each and every time that people like me try to buy concert tickets. I still think Congress needs to get involved with you like they tried to do years and years and years ago. Break you up, regulate you, do something, but you are crooks, Ticketmaster. Plain and simple, you're crooks and you're a nuisance to society. All right, in addition to that, we will have a review of the new Collective Soul album, Vibrating. In TV and streaming, I will have my review of season one of The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. Of course, in a couple weeks, sadly, just a few episodes left before Animal Kingdom wraps up for good. And Animal Kingdom, if you like crime shows, it's got a little bit of everything. It's a crime show family drama. It's intense. It's well-written. The characters, the actors, fantastic. They're deep. They're complex.
Dave is trying to get caught up. Last, I think he told me he's through season three of six total seasons, counting this one that is currently just getting ready to end. So in a few weeks, I will have my review of Animal Kingdom, the final season. Also, recently, I have discussed finally getting to see Joe Pickett on Paramount+. Plus. Joe Pickett was airing on Paramount Plus as part of a deal with Spectrum, cable company that was putting out original content, similar to what DirecTV tried to do years ago. And of course, it didn't work out well for DirecTV, and it doesn't look like it's going to end up working out much better for Spectrum as now more cost-cutting. We've heard about this. Prices going up content going away with the HBO Max Discovery Plus issues, Disney's prices going up, Spectrum Originals is being shut down. So the second season of Joe Pickett might be in jeopardy. And that's a shame because season one, as I reviewed it here recently, so good. Again, well acted. Solid writing. And I know I gravitate to kind of the same types of shows. I do like my crime thrillers. But I do like I do like a lot of interesting characters in my shows. And again, Joe Pickett, just like Animal Kingdom, fills the bill. So hopefully... Hopefully, somebody will help assist Spectrum in producing Joe Pickett, Season 2, keep the show going. Luckily, with all the content providers out there, seems to happen a lot, a lot more than it used to, at least. We saw Magnum PI get picked up by a different network after it was initially canceled. I believe NBC's got it now after CBS canceled it. We've seen Netflix pick up shows that networks have canceled. Cable networks have passed on. So let's hope Joe Pickett gets some much needed help and the show keeps rolling along. So in movies, Dave and I will be talking about The Black Phone. Recently in theaters, based on a story from Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Now streaming on Peacock. And then I will have another epic maestro rant about an Oscar-nominated movie. Because once again, I got sucked in thinking, I'll figure this out. I will figure out what Hollywood and the critics and the arrogant jerks on the West Coast see in these movies. You guys know how many times I've gone off on Nomadland. You know, Dave hated The Power of the Dog, couldn't even get through it. I made it through, 
I thought the ending kind of redeemed it, but it was still slow and overall pretty dull. Now we're going to have to talk about Licorice Pizza. Another movie nominated for Best Picture at this past Academy Awards. So be sure to check that one out this coming Saturday morning, kids, because I will be in rare form talking about that one. And that might be it. I keep saying it year after year after year, but that one might be the final the final straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. Why do I even try? Why do I even bother to figure out what these pretentious jackasses are thinking when they're watching these movies? I, I can't I can't waste any more time with these prestigious independent Academy Award nominees. In movie news, the movie series that just won't die, no pun intended, there will be another Saw movie, even though Spiral didn't really perform all that well. Of course, it it was feeling some of the after effects of the pandemic, arguably the least successful of all the Saw movies, and I could even say that could be in terms of creativity, not just in terms of money that it made. I thought it was very, very average. But there will be another Saw coming out October the 27th, next year, 2023. Steve Martin says he he thinks he's going to retire. It sounds like He's pretty much resigned himself to calling it quits when it comes to TV, movies. Once his current Hulu show is done, Only Murders in the Building, I believe it is, with Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Sorry, again, TV is just as bad as the movies, where if if something is lauded over with Emmy nominations then I'm I'm figuring it's probably not worth my time. In rare instances, TV gets it a little bit better than the movie industry when it comes to the creativity and the awards that go along with those achievements. Just kind of odd to me that Steve Martin came out and basically said he's going to retire I don't know. I don't know how serious he is about this. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll see what quote-unquote retirement means to him. All right, finally, of course, one of our favorite segments, if not our favorite segment to do in both the regular sports frenzy, sports edition, and then the weekend edition, is the Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week. So I've got a bonus dumbass for you from the world of television. 
company called Nexstar is acquiring a majority stake in the CW. Now, Dave and I have railed on the CW in the past. The checkbox DC shows, the political correctness run amok. So Nexstar, as I mentioned, acquiring the CW. I believe Warner Brothers, the, the company that's most commonly associated with the CW, is still going to have a small share, as I believe Paramount is. But the vast majority of control will go to Nexstar. But you know the shows that are on the CW. Riverdale, The Flash. A lot, a lot of younger skewing shows. So Nexstar's president in a uh, conference here discussing the future of the CW once Nexstar takes over put a very interesting statistic out there, which I think is flawed and definitely makes him and his bean counters dumbasses. He swears that the average CW viewer is 58 years old. And you can try to rationalize it. I, I read an article that said, well, younger people stream the show, so maybe they're not getting counted, whereas older people are actually watching it traditionally through cable television or over the air. That's fine. If you want to go there, that's fine. I still think this is a dumbass comment. 58 years old for the CW? We're not talking about NCIS here. Again, we're talking about Riverdale, The Flash, those types of shows. And you're saying the average audience for that network is just a few years away from retirement age? Again, no thanks, dumbass. I'm not buying it. All right, that'll do it for your bonus episode for this week. I'm going to post this right now, August the 17th, Wednesday night. As I mentioned, hope this gets you through. Hope this gets you by for the next day until tomorrow night when we will have our full Sports Frenzy 2.0 episode posted wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. Once again, thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Trying to keep you involved, keep you interested here when we can't quite get our normal episodes out to you on time. You'll get a full episode, as I mentioned, in the next 24 hours. Consider this an aperitif. And the main course is coming tomorrow night, Thursday, the 18th. Take care, kids. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.